This episode is brought to you by Unlax Candles. Feeling like you need to unwind and relax? Well, Unlax is for you. Hand poured, labelled and packaged with love in small batches from Breezer in New South Wales. Find them online at www.unlaxcandles.com.au or Instagram at unlax underscore candles. Welcome to All Things Small Biz, a podcast to help you take the leap and run your own business from someone who has done it themselves and wants to share what they learnt with you. Hello and welcome to the All Things Small Biz podcast. My name is Sarah Hales, your host, and today we'll be talking about finding your product. Today, we will have our amazing guest on, Kim, from Custom Cutting Studio. This is a chat that Brian is super excited about because he loves following their business. So, Brian, welcome. How are you, Sarah? Pretty good. Pretty good. I've had a really good day. Yeah. Have you had a win today? I have had a win today. I kicked off a new co- a new cohort for my online e-commerce course. Yeah. And my win today is not actually my win. It is one of my students' wins. Mary Ellen from Unique Leather Crafts has launched her online website today. And Woohoo! <laughs> and I am so, so, so proud of her because she hand makes all of her products at home on her property in central Queensland. So by launching her website, she is obviously now able to um, take her products to such a broader audience. And that is just the world. That is just exactly the reason that I love coaching these small businesses is because if I can help them to take that step and they actually are the ones that put in all of that effort and get their website live and take it to a new customer base, I just could not be prouder. So that'll also be our business shout out for the week is Unique Leather Craft. So you'll have to make sure that you jump on and check out their website. Yeah, definitely. We've got a few things coming up this year. We've got Father's Day, obviously. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, there could be some leather gifts there you could buy. Is this you putting in your order for presents? No, no. I'm just letting people know that they can. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought you were a- angling at you getting a present. Well, I've got to have a look at the website, don't yes, I? Yes, you will. She has got some beautiful men's wallets on there. Nice. So, Sarah, have we got any feedback for the week? We did, actually. I had another chat with the lady on the phone today about potentially joining onto one of our courses, and she gave me some beautiful feedback about the um, podcast. She said that she has struggled to find a podcast or anybody, you know, helping out with information for small business who is focused on the whole e-commerce journey. She said she finds a lot of people who are focused on, you know, Instagram and social media and how to grow your following in that respect. And she just loves following us along because we talk about the whole e-commerce journey and not just the social media, which I think, again, is great. Love hearing it because that's exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to talk about the whole small business journey, not just the social part. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, because social media can get hacked. Social media can get hacked and then you lose the lot and it's worth nothing. So, That's you've, right. you've got to have a bigger plan than just your social media. That's right. You've got to have the whole circle. Yes. Right. Hey, so, we'll, uh, we'll get into our chat. Get into a couple of questions for today. So, finding your product, Sarah. Yeah. How did you find your product? Well, 
That is a story. I think probably the first part is that when I started West of the Waves, I did not have a product. I started my business with no product. So I just want to make sure that I reiterate that to people so that you don't let the fact that you don't have a product stop you. But it's a good idea to have one. It is a good idea to have one, but I knew that I wanted to start a business while I was at home with my baby. So I started the business and then once I had it going, I was like, "Mm, hang on, now I need a product. So I found my products first. The first products that I um, bought into the business were some bangles, and mm-hmm. I found those on Etsy. Etsy. So Tell Etsy, us about Etsy. So Etsy is a handmade marketplace. It's handmade or vintage, where people who are making beautiful products go and list their list their products on there, and you can buy them. So, you can search. Um, They have their own SEO, which is search engine optimization of how they like show the businesses to you on that website. But you can search on there. You can save things. You can like businesses. You can like products. And then the technology within the um, website will show you like products. But, yeah, you can find beautiful handmade and vintage products from all over the world. Yeah. Now- I started a business. Yeah. And mine was Crab Oz. And that was directed around just a, sh- a fishing shirt that had a crab on it. Mm-hmm. But then you can you can expand. Yeah. And, and we expanded to caps. We expanded to stubby coolers. We even tried a couple of polo shirts. Yeah. I, I thought I was going to be lacrosse there for a while, but. <laughs> lacoste. Oh. <laughs> Polo Ralph Lauren, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> but as you know, I'm just an Aussie bloke. Oh yeah, you are. You are. You're showing it. So I don't. I don't want to just leave it at Etsy though, because that's not the only I, place that you can go. I haven't finished. Okay. So you've given a big shout out to Etsy there. Other areas where you can obtain ideas and and get products and yeah. Well, it's not just a big shout out to Etsy. It's that when before I started my business, I'd never heard of bloody Etsy. So I still haven't heard of it. Exactly. So there might be listeners out there who don't realise um, that that is an option. On Etsy, they also have like a rating system, and people can leave reviews. Oh yeah. So it can be a little safer, I guess, in the fact that. You can read what other people have written. So, you, before you go paying a large sum of money or whatever to buy a product, you can get an idea as to whether or not um, the product is any good. Mm-hmm. Other ways, you can search on Google. Of course, you can always search on Google. You can search Facebook. Mm-hmm. You can search on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can go to Alibaba, mm-hmm. which is... um. Another platform, I guess, where you can search for manufacturers. So, Alibaba might be somewhere that you would look if you were, say, looking for uh, a clothing manufacturer offshore Mm -hmm. or, you know, large-scale hat supplies. You can look for, like, 3D printing or all kinds of things on Alibaba. Yeah. What about the person who has an idea but they don't have the tooling? Just like Kim, so her and her husband laser cut items or, or they um, CNC. CNC cutting. They specialize in CNC cutting, yeah? Yeah. So, someone that has an idea, they see something, they think they can do something. What about the person that wants to just make something themselves but they don't have the tooling? Yeah, well, that like again, that's exactly 
what we're talking about here because say say you're looking for like bulk manufacture of clothing, you're obviously not going to have a, a sewing industrial machine. sewing machine or you're looking for bulk embroidery of caps, you're not going to have a re- embroidery sewing machine. If you're looking for, you know, um, 3D printing, so Alibaba, those sorts of places though um, I have personally found to – I know people that use them and I know that I know people that have found like amazing factories and get beautiful quality stuff from there, but it is to be said to be cautious and to make sure you do your research and all of those sorts of things because you don't necessarily know what you're getting. So yeah, you do have to tread cautiously and make sure you do all of your research, but there's loads of places out there that will manufacture your goods for you. Um, so like laser cutting, all of that sort of stuff, but it obviously comes at a cost. Mm-hmm. And something that you do need to keep in mind is who owns the intellectual property at the end of it. So you and I have had this experience before with a drawing. You had a drawing done for one of your shirts mm-hmm. and we thought that we owned the picture, but- we didn't own the picture, and then they used that picture to put onto somebody else's sure. shirt. So that was fine because we'd had it to start off with and we'd had our custom designs, mm-hmm. but we were actually a bit shitty that we didn't own the picture because we thought that we did. So that was probably could have been a little bit clearer. I mean, it was sort of like a $150 job, so it's not like it was a huge expense, but if you were spending thousands of thousands of dollars creating, you know, your product, you do need to make sure that you're doing your research and getting all of your ducks in a row to make sure that you own the intellectual property at the end of it. Mm. Mm. That was our loss of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, we're all here about sharing and helping people. So, if we don't tell them about the stuff ups, they won't know. Yeah. So, yeah, we, and even with some of the, the caps and stuff that we'd gotten over the time, I suppose, we were getting some caps from one company and then we thought, oh, we'll, we'll try a different company and then some of the inner bands on the caps weren't at the same quality as the other ones. Yeah. Uh, so, they were all folded over and sometimes it's just better to stick with the, the one you know. Bit of insight for the week, everyone. <laughs> so, when you've got someone like myself. Yeah. Genuine Aussie bloke <laughs> and obviously an inventor. Yes, yeah, yeah, quite crafty. How do you how do you nail down that one idea to, to focus on? Oh, God. I- do you work on what's happening at the time or do you think, hey, is there a shortage of that or what are you looking for in an idea? Well, I think the first thing that you've got to understand is – What is the problem that you're trying to fix? Mm -hmm. You know, so let's take Kim because I know that you love the whole CNC cutting thing. You love it. You think that's a great business. So, they've obviously identified a shortage in the market being that people want to get custom made, beautiful custom made pieces for their farms. So, entrance signs for their properties or um, signs for buildings or fire, fire pits, businesses, those sorts of things. So, I think you need to look at your problem to start off with and understand whether or not there is a market of people who will buy that product. Yeah. Do you look at whether it's profitable? Definitely. Or do you look at whether it's enjoyable? 
Well, I think that that needs to be a good balance. I don't, we've talked about this on the podcast once before. You don't have to, I feel like it's a bit of a culture at the moment where everybody is trying to turn their hobby into a business. Mm -hmm. That is fine. It is fine to do that. And it's like, it's so rewarding to have a business where you really enjoy doing it. But it's also a little bit of a dangerous culture where you are still allowed to have a hobby. And you don't have to turn it into a business. So, not every single idea is going to be able to be turned into a business. So, I think you need to look at what's the problem you're solving? Is there a market for people who need the thing that you're going to be offering? And whether or not it's profitable. Because if you're going to be making a $3 item and there's only about 20 people that want to buy it, then you're not going to get very far. Yeah, if you know, you're going to make a $3 item and there's 750,000 people who need that $3 item, then you're onto something good. But Yeah, so you're looking for demand as well. Yeah. And I think maybe another thing is, is your idea better than the last idea? So, just say that there's pretty good crowd pot out there. Mm-hmm. And then my idea, instead of having two funnels, it's four funnels. Mm-hmm. So, is that is that an improvement? And then that is that what people are going to be wanting? Yeah. But that's a, the sort of thing that I was thinking or the idea that I was running behind there. I'm obviously not going to go that way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, is, is is your idea better than what's out there? Is it going to make people more interested in wanting or the demand for yours higher? Yeah, of course. And you only need to look at things like cars. Like the first car that came out was you know, in comparison to what we drive today, the car market just continually keeps evolving and moving and changing and going forward. So, just because a product is out there and it's successful, it doesn't mean that that's the last iteration of what that product is going to look like. If you genuinely believe that you can make it better, Mm -hmm. um, that there is a market for the better product, then sure. Definitely. Definitely. I have listened to- other, this is just going off a bit. Okay. But uh, I have listened to other podcasts about the future and there was one there about cars and how how big are the leaps have been in the design and manufacturing of vehicles and that in 20 years, they're thinking that people won't own a car. Yeah. I've been hearing this a bit lately. I actually received a survey from a large car company that starts with T and no. <laughs> has six letters. And <laughs> ah. yes, yes. I wonder if you can guess who that might be. I'm not good at crosswords. And they were like they were asking about their service and, you know, was this right and how did how was that? And, you know, rate this one to ten. And then they went on to the second part of the service where they said on a scale of unlikely too very likely, how likely would it be that you would um, enter enter into an agreement where you would share a car? Mm. And, you know, obviously living where we live, you know, the distances that we travel and the fact that we're, you know, pretty rural and we spend a lot of time out of town, that is not something that would suit us. So, I was quite unlikely. But the line of questioning was really interesting. Yeah, well, you'd think- that's probably going down the line of um, people who are running Ubers. 
So they they might share a vehicle between two people instead of having the full cost of a vehicle. Yeah. They they split the cost of it, and one runs day shift, one runs night shift on the Uber. Yeah, maybe that's what they're going, or maybe that they're thinking about the inner city living, and hey, I only need my car on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and uh, someone else can have my car on mm. the weekends. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think that sort of stuff is probably, yeah, definitely if you're living in an urban area, it is the future. But to me, it's fraught with danger because all of a sudden I need the car on a Friday, but you need it on a Friday as well. So, how do you then navigate that? Mm. But, I'm still uh, waiting for the Jetsons. <laughs> where's my hoverboard? Okay. Back to the future, eh? Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry for digressing there. Now, what advice would you give for someone who's struggling to find their product? Well, to really sit down and sit with it and do some of the exercises like working out your interests, mm-hmm. um, working out what you think you're good at, working out an area where you have a lot of knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, and just do keep it in the back of your mind that like I started, not that I'm the be all and end all, but I started my business with no product and then I went forward and I found my product and my business has grown and changed I started my business with very little money. Mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted to have a side hustle when I was at home with a small family. So, it wasn't like I was making a massive investment into the product itself. I would say that if you're if you're looking to start a business and you haven't got the product, I would not go investing huge sums of money. But don't feel like you have to stay with that one thing. It is okay to morph and to change and to grow and to change direction. That is fine. You can you can do that and uh, change your business as you go. All right. Thank you. Over to Kim. Yes. And I know that you'll be listening in to this episode because you love chatting about their business. Yeah, I really do like their idea. This episode is brought to you by Unlax Candles. Feeling like you need to unwind and relax? Well, Unlax is for you. Hand poured, labelled and packaged with love in small batches from Breezer in New South Wales. Find them online at www.unlaxcandles.com.au or Instagram at unlax underscore candles. So, I know I briefly introduced Kim at the top of the podcast, but I just wanted to, to talk a little bit more about her. Kim and her family live in Gunnada in New South Wales, and Kim describes her family as a young family living their life to the fullest in rural Australia, and I just love that. Custom Cutting Studio was started in 2020 during a time when Australia was going through either a drought, a fire, or something else, and it was created as a way to provide incredible metal pieces to brighten people's day, the perfect gift for the person who has everything. Kim, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast today. And maybe could we start by getting you to describe where you're based? Thanks for having me, Sarah. So, we've actually just moved in the last three weeks to Dungowan, which is just outside of Tamworth. So, we've bought a beautiful property there. Oh, my God. Now, I'm going to have to redo my interview. My introduction. (laughs) No, it's fine. (laughs) It kind of goes with the story. So, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. So, yes. You have had had quite a lot going on in the last little while and um, 
we did have to reschedule our interview. So I wasn't aware of that move. We have. We've moved house, sadly lost my mum and just helping my dad as well with Christmas tree farm on the side. So everything's been a little bit um, hectic, you could say the least. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But that's okay. Nothing like keeping busy to be distracted. That's right. So Tamworth, I do absolutely love that area. I worked um, at a mine just outside of Singleton. I was supposed to go down for two weeks and I stayed for 10 months, I think, and I just loved it. I love it. Well, we had been looking for a good 18 months and just, yeah, we just were like, we want to stay in the Gunnedah region, but then a few factors came into play and we couldn't find what we're after and we found this property and just Oh, we couldn't say no to it. It was just beautiful. And so, um, yeah, we were like, let's, let's make the move. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's been beautiful the whole about the week that I've been there. Two weeks and I've been there. <laughs> um, I also agreed to working full time for a few weeks as well. So hence my day to day, but yeah. We should probably explain to the listeners that you are um, recording your part of the podcast in the car when you've just turned off a pump. So, (laughs) Yes, working mum life. (laughs) I can totally resonate with that. I wouldn't mind sitting in my car for half an hour, so it'll be nice. (laughs) A nice break. Yeah. So, look, what are some of the pros and cons of living rurally? Um. The con, I don't know. I can't, I can't ever come up with many cons. And when I do, they're, they sound really silly. So freight prices, but I feel freight prices mm-hmm. are freight prices, whether you're sending from Sydney to Burke or from Tamworth to Sydney, like it's, they just are part of the cost factor. But there's so many pros. I think the space and the community. Yeah. Like you just can't, Absolutely. you can't go past it, especially the space. Like we were living on a small block just outside of town, which was lovely. The neighbours could probably hear me some days yelling, but not all the time. But yeah, where we've moved to, it's just beautiful. Um, and I think having kids run around and co- like through COVID, I would go on Instagram and you look at people living in town and in buildings and having next door neighbors and I I cannot fathom it I actually can't having a two-year-old and a six-month-old being in town I just I don't know how they got through it (laughs) oh I know and you know for me so my family is on um like a quite a large property um about 175 k's away from where we are most of the time and if we go there on the weekend or over Christmas and then they've got you know granddad on a string and they've got a pony and a dog we've got a dog but a buggy and Mm. an uncle and a this and a that and so much freedom I always say when we come back to town on a Monday because it's usually (laughs) on a Monday and dad goes back to work and we don't have all of those fun things that we had on the farm and we're just at home with boring old mum I just think I just want to tear my hair out sometimes on those days because it's just so frustrating. It's so true. And like my two-year-old has spent a lot of time in a car for the last three or four months, six-month-old too, but he doesn't know what the day of the week it is, so it's fine. Mm -hmm. But if I have the shits or if I'm – 
if I'm in a mood or I'm cranky and like I've just lost my mum. So there's days when I'm like, I can't cope with anything. I'm like, let's go feed the pony. Let's just take the buggy for a pointless drive up the road. But like you can just get out of the house and it kind of, you kind of forget what the toddler was having a tantrum over or yeah, you can just leave and come back and take a breath. Whereas when like the parks were closed or I don't I just can't imagine the only option being able to go down and have a coffee in down the street like and see people it's just so nice to be able to just leave the house and then come back and whether the kids have got clothes on or not like you don't have to worry about any of that you just go yeah Exactly. And I always say that if my kids are having a tantrum, I just take them outside. Yep. That is the answer yep. to every tantrum That's, in my household. Right, yep. right, let's go outside. Exactly. And at the moment, you just turn the hose pipe on, put the paddling pool, blow that up, and yeah, you're set for a good few hours at least. Yeah, I've got two like horse buckets that I fill yep. up for mine. <laughs> Oh, and Kim, I am so sorry for your loss. I also can't imagine what it would be like to now not have your mum to talk to about. Thank you. The decisions that you're making and your move. Yeah, she was our biggest supporter, that's for sure. And like always question things as well, but in a good way. You don't realize how much she did until you, yeah, don't have them around, I suppose. But um, yeah, cancer is a cruel world. And I don't think like, I said to her, I'm glad she went slowly and we knew it was happening because you could say goodbye, but I can't imagine being in her shoes slowly. Oh, oh, it's no. just the worst thing to think about. Yeah, it's. I really sincerely feel yeah. for you. <laughs> but she got to meet her grandkids and that was lovely. She made sure my one-year-old got a pony. Oh, that's beautiful. Because um, it's completely different. My um, It's probably not something we talk about a lot really, or we have never talked about it on the podcast, but my husband's mother uh, passed away from an extremely, extremely rare Mm. disease. And I didn't ever meet her. So I didn't know her. She wasn't at our wedding. She hasn't met our grandchildren. And Brian has done a few things, you know, when our kids have had their first haircut, he's taken a piece of their hair and taken it to her grave and a few different things like that. And it's, um, like I would have really liked to have met mm. her. So and and I'm I'm so pleased for you that your kids were able to meet your yeah. mum. That's yeah. beautiful. No, I'm so pleased they have. And uh, it's always like when we're walking down to the pony and Izzy goes, Granny's pony and I was like, Oh yeah. She goes, When's Granny coming to ride her pony? And I'm like, Oh no, that's not, that's the one oh. that always gets me the most. <laughs> the other day when she said, When's Granny coming to ride her pony? I was like Oh, she's not. So probably mum's going to have to get on that pony. <laughs> but, <laughs> yep, <laughs> it's hard. And uh, it was stomach cancer, so something completely um, that I'd never heard of either. So, yeah, nothing like keeping busy oh, gosh, um, to get us through. Whatever you That's need right. to get you through. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kim, can you tell us in your in your own words, how your business was started. Yeah. So my husband had wanted this machine for forever. He always talked about it. And it wasn't the cost point of a drill or it's probably more the cost point of my horse that sits in the paddock doing nothing. But that's another argument another day. Um, 
<laughs> but he'd wanted this machine and he, I just had a baby or I had a six month old at the time. She screamed her whole entire first six months of her life. And I didn't have family. Like mum was really sick. She'd just been diagnosed with cancer. So she was really sick and our family both lived miles away and Robbers away a lot. So when she came around six, eight months, I made Rob take – I wanted to go back to work for a day to have a day's break from the kids because I loved what I do. And so I made have him have Izzy for the day, which was great, but we also had to make up a bit of income for him not really working and my maternity leave had finished. So we – had been in the car a lot as we do talking and we kind of he had finally worked out how to justify this machine he wanted to me and so I said righto let's let's give it a go let's buy it and see what happens I'll make a little Facebook page and so we bought the machine and made a little Facebook page, built our website thanks to YouTube because we had no money to do anything after we bought it and, yeah, just thought we'd give it a go, really. (laughs) Amazing. So I touched on it in the introduction. I guess we just need to touch on again to make sure that all of our listeners are 100% aware of what you're actually doing. So Custom Cutting Studio, you make beautiful metal products you make signs you make um, property signs you make fire pits what else what else do you do with this amazing expensive machine (laughs) so we do all the like we do lots of garden ornaments we kind of have about like I find two sides of the business we have the website with the garden ornaments the um the little trinkets the veggie garden steaks um and then the property signs, business signs, Um, we do fire pits. We've had a few requests lately to do like some garden big sculptural ornaments and we've actually got a mine in Queensland that we're doing a big tree. Um, It's like a big memorial that they've set up so they've got a big round bench and we're making a big 3D tree to go above it which will be amazing. That's amazing. But, yeah, so big sculptures, which is really cool. So, yeah, we really – we are limited by our imagination and our time from what we can do from a metalwork perspective because, yeah, it's it's incredible what we can do. We just need a few extra hours in the day. That's so cool. So, essentially, you've got the two sides of your business. You've almost got like off the shelf, so stuff that people can just buy here and now and then you've got your custom design stuff, so whatever people might come to you with that you can bring their ideas to life. that's exactly right. And, um, yeah, we – I love having the website and the um, easy, simple things that we have that are already made – well, they're not necessarily already made. We kind of don't really pre-make anything, but that's a bit of our business plan strategy as well to not have lots of things lying around. Mm. So we have the website where you can order things that we have there. I feel like I need like a, a new revamp of that to bring in some extra products and extra life to it. But, again, that comes to time, Yeah, um, which we have zero of at the moment. Oh, I would love um, to help you with that. And then, <laughs> and then the custom side, which I pref- I love the custom signs, the business signs. Like 
that I think everyone that goes out the door, I'm like, oh, I love this one. I love this one. Yeah. And hence at our new place, my husband and I, there's going to be major arguments. I, if people drive into our new place and see two signs on two sides of the road, it's because we can't agree. <laughs> <laughs> so I was <laughs> I was going to ask you how did you decide on um, the product, but I think what I'd really like to know is how did your husband justify buying the machine? <laughs> My husband's an agribusiness analyst by trade, so if he can't justify buying something to someone is was in the wrong <laughs> was in the wrong um, trade, that's for sure. So he's um, an Excel king, and he can make any number add up if he wants it to. Yeah. Um, and so he convinced his wife that we need this machine. And, yeah, I'm so glad he did. It's fantastic. It was supposed to be a one-day-a-week kind of weekend side hustle and it's turned full-time. It's so amazing. has he moved into the business full-time? Yeah. Wow. So he's been able to quit his day job and have that freedom to just work within the yep. business. That's the dream. Yeah, he still does a little bit, um, but he is pretty much full-time in this and hence the move. So 18 months ago, we, we started March 20. We, um, mm-hmm. we started the business entirely online and that was the aim of it, to be one day a week and or a couple of days, a weekend kind of side hustle. And about six months in, we needed a bigger shed. And so we started looking at options for bigger sheds and renting in town and all of that. But a big part of the business that I wanted to keep was it being at home, in a shed at home, so that we could do it whatever hours we wanted. If my husband wanted to go out at 9pm after the kids were in bed, it's probably a stretch of the kids being in bed by 9pm. But (laughs) (laughs) if he wanted to go out after after the kids were in bed or, yeah, any time he could just go and do it. Whereas if we were in town, I felt like we had to have like set work hours and then we were paying rent on a shed and that for us was another factor um, that we didn't really want. So we started looking for places and we went from, yeah, looking at every single option possible and 18 months later we finally found somewhere so it's great that's amazing I'm so happy for you I'm just totally thrilled because our journeys are quite similar really like my husband and I have been looking for some more acreage for you know rather than be on my family place Mm. or going back and forward it's a dream of ours so like I'm just thrilled for you because I know how exciting that is that's right it was supposed to be 100 acres of just not much farming but anyway we bought some irrigation country which will just add to the busyness but that's fine (laughs) (laughs) perfect well they do say if you've got a job give it to a busy person so that's right exactly that's right so it's yeah we'll get it done yeah for sure how did you go about getting your name out there was it really all just on social media yeah I and then word of mouth that's exactly from satisfied right. clients. Yes, I did an a rural science degree at uni. I don't think they even touched on marketing. It not even animal marketing. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with marketing. So I have zero skills in marketing, but I can sit on Facebook for a while. And I had a kid at the time, baby, baby ish still, but um, up all night feeding, and I just listened to a few podcasts and. 
I felt our business grew so quickly that we didn't actually need. I always say to my husband, like, should I employ someone who actually knows what they're doing with marketing? And he was like, well, we can't keep up as it is. Like, what's the point? I was like, that's a really good, like, there's mm. a really good point. Like, we couldn't keep up with the orders coming in. So why did I need to employ a mar- like actually have a marketing strategy because obviously something was working. Yeah. And sometimes that's the beauty of having your own small business and just doing things your own yep. way is that you don't get trapped into doing it the supposed right way. Like if you've got so much business that you can't keep up, your way is that's working. That's exactly right. And we were like, we just, we are fine doing what we're doing. And um, we then, yeah, I suppose I was like, oh, do I need, it's something that I was thought about because everyone talks about outsource things that you're not really good at. And I was like, well, do we really even need to do any more social media marketing? And then I put a post on Facebook and my husband would get shits because he's like, stop putting posts on Facebook. I'm too busy. And I was like, okay, okay, slow down. So okay. uh, <laughs> I'm like, sure, something must be working um, from my marketing perspective. So yeah, absolutely. Kim, can we, uh, can we maybe get you to tell us your best tip or your best small business hack? What's something you think other small business owners could um, learn from? Yep. Zero. I think everyone has to have zero MIOB, but I use zero. I find it so easy to use and I don't understand numbers. I, I do understand numbers, but I don't understand business as such. I'm far from an accountant, but I'm far from even a bookkeeper. I just, I don't get yeah. it and I don't really enjoy it either. My husband gets it too much. He thinks way too much about it, but yeah, that's where I, we are so different. And I find that even if you didn't want to do your bookwork yourself, you have to, you have to understand you have to. it because we're a business and you just have to figure out a way to understand it. And I said, maybe I should get someone to do our books for us. And then I was like, no, because I'm a doing person. If I don't do it, I won't understand it. And no matter how many times my husband tries to explain mm-hmm. a P&L to me, I still won't understand it. Yeah, unless I totally I do agree. It. I use Zero as well. I love it. I I have the app, so I can do invoices in the middle of the night while feeding a baby. It's just everything about it. I love, and I'm very stuck on. I will not make a product unless someone's paid for it mm-hmm. in advance, and that's just something that we go by because everything's custom made. I'm not going to make something unless they've paid for it. And it's so good because my husband can just be like, hey, has this been paid for? And in two seconds I can see that yes, no. And if it's no, I've got automatic invoices. It's all automatic. Mm -hmm. Like it does it all for me. Um, And so I think if you're starting a small business, you need to know if you're making money because what's the point? If you're not. Yeah, that's really. right. There's only two types of business. There's for profit and there's not for profit. And you need to know which one you are because we're we're pretty much here to make that's a profit. Right. And if we're not making a profit, then you know, unless we're um being charitable, then you just can't do it. But I totally agree. I hear people say, Oh, you know, I spent, you know, three days sorting out my bass and I think to myself, 
what what are you even talking about? Like no. I reconcile my invoices and expenses every single day and I, I'm a numbers person but I'm an engineer. I am by no means an accountant and I yeah. do not understand that stuff at all but it just makes it so easy. That's right. Like I'm an agronomist as well. I yes, not, amazing. Not into numbers. So, yeah, I just I love it. I find everything easy. It's My husband just has to take a photo when he goes to Bunnings. It's all he has to do. Doesn't Amazing. even need to keep the receipt. And so, yeah, I just, I find it, every small business should be using it. Otherwise, it's just a game changer. It's definitely there to make our lives easier. All right. Yep. So, let's give Custom Cutting Studio a plug. Where can people get in touch with you? Instagram and Facebook, Custom Cutting Studio. Um, and we do have a website, yeah, that needs a bit of updating. But, yeah, email admin at customcuttingstudio.com.au. Amazing. Well, I hope everybody jumps on um, jumps on board and has a look. Um, I'm so excited for you. I feel like maybe another machine is in the pipes or... <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, we'll, um, maybe we'll see. Yeah, yeah. We've got a few, um, a few plans to, yeah, just... I don't really know what our plan... We don't have any plans, let's put it that way. We just oh, have a few like it's working for you though <laughs> and something will come to fruition for us <laughs> gosh well thank you so so much for your time i've really enjoyed our chat today and i hope everyone finds you a little bizzo fabulous now it's time for today's wrap up snap quiz mm-hmm. okay sarah finding your product mm-hmm. was it easy or hard oh mm. Hard. Okay. Hard, yeah. What was the hardest thing about it? I didn't know what I was looking for. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so but you found it, it in the end. So, in the you previous- You followed the yellow brick road. Yeah, in the previous segment when I was saying, do some of the exercises, sit down, sit with it, understand what you're good at. I had to do all that stuff because I, um, you know, I didn't know what product I was going to bring into my store. Yeah, right, eh? After finding your product, mm-hmm. how do you make the most of your product? Get really clear on what you sell and who you sell it to. Yeah. Again, make sure you sit down and you do that niche work and you understand who is your avatar because then you can put all of that language into your marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. you got to know what you're selling and you got to know who you're selling it to because if you're selling – a surfboard to the 20-something-year-olds on the Sunshine Coast, but you're actually attracting the 50-something-year-old people who live regionally or rurally, you're attracting the wrong people. So you've got to make sure you're very clear on what you sell and who you're selling it to so that you can get all of that language right so that you're getting your business in front of the right sets of eyes. There's probably like a way out there example, but- you see where I'm coming from. Yeah. What's your next product? My next product, I actually have a, uh, a relaxed fit sort of summer weight jacket coming. Mm-hmm. It's over there on the bench, Bri. Very nice. Yeah. And after that, I've got a long-sleeved tab front t-shirt dress. And okay, a, don't give it all away. I only ask shirt. for your next. And a men's shirt. About time. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. I'm waiting for some trendy shorts. Oh, yeah, right. And one of my cousins has also asked me for um, men's linen trousers. Trousers. Hmm. 
that they can wear to the polo. To the polo. That sounds like a good place to wear them. Excellent. Alrighty. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed uh, today's episode. And next week, we'll be talking with Catherine from Vintage Rose Handmade. I'll be really excited to bring that chat to you. Thanks for listening to All Things Small Biz. You can get more tips and find out about all the latest stuff we've got going on at the All Things Small Biz Instagram page. We'd love you to follow us. Or you can jump onto the website, www.allthingssmallbizpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening.